Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for standing by, and welcome to the Ecosynthetics 2020 fourth quarter and year-end results conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided for you at that time for questions. If anyone has any difficulty hearing the conference, you may press star zero for operator assistance at any time. Listeners are reminded that portions of today's discussion may contain forward-looking statements that reflect current views with respect to future events. Any such statements are subject to risk and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking statement. For more information on ecosynthetics risks and uncertainties related to these forward-looking statements, please refer to the company's annual information form dated March 3rd, 2021, posted on CDAR. This morning's call is being recorded on Thursday, March 4, 2021, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I would like to now turn the call over to Mr. Jeff McDonald, Chief Executive Officer of Ecosynthetics. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today. Yesterday afternoon, we released our 2020 fourth quarter and year-end results, which you can find on our website at ecosynthetics.com. You can also download a copy of the slides that accompany today's call from our website, or alternatively, access them on the webcast. Despite the incredible challenges faced in 2020, our financial results held up quite well from a bottom line perspective. We generated positive cash from operations for the second consecutive year. Adjusted EBITDA was just below break even during the quarter. We delivered these results despite macro demand pressures in paper and paperboard, which weighed on our sales volume. The deterioration of the macro demand for graphic paper was further exacerbated by work from home and school closures during the pandemic. At the same time, our average selling price was impacted by low oil prices and the resulting historically low styrene-based latex prices. In short, our strong financial standing and our ability to endure 2020 put us in a great position to emerge from the pandemic and deliver on the potential of our biopolymer platform with a return to growth. The value of our bio-based solutions in today's market is stronger than ever before. Our solutions address multiple, multi-billion dollar markets. Large organizations are increasingly pursuing strategies that emphasize the importance of healthier alternatives and reducing their carbon footprint. We deliver on both fronts. We can help large organizations with their climate change agendas by making meaningful reductions in their carbon-based footprints through the use of our bio-based ingredients. What consumers, retailers, and even investors are increasingly asking of companies is exactly what we do and what we have been doing as a business for 15 years. The market is moving to us and we are ready to deliver. As an example, IKEA published its 2020 sustainability report in January of this year. In it, They highlight their corporate targets to become a climate-positive business and how shifting to a circular business model supports that objective. 
The report highlights a series of important steps they are taking, including steps that require changes within their supply chain. They highlight that fossil-based glues for their wood-based products represent 6% of IKEA's total climate footprint. That is a big number in a category where our solutions could deliver a meaningful impact. The report identifies fossil-based glues as one of the main areas where movement can be made, and we agree. Our bio-based resin, Durabind, targets the wood composites market. Our first customer, Swiss Chrono, has qualified Durabind across multiple production lines. In addition to continuing to promote and produce daily the greenest NAF OSB products in the market, they have also seen an increase in the level of interest from customers in their Beyond Particle Board product in the past several months. The market is starting to move to them. While it is still early days in terms of penetration, as a first mover in the market, Swiss Chrono is well positioned to address consumer demand for NAF wood panels. Their Beyond offering has the highest level of natural content and the lowest carbon footprint of any product on the market. Swiss Chrono is highly engaged, from the C-suite to the plant floor, in adopting these greener and healthier products. In terms of our key strategic prospect in the wood composites market, we continue to have conviction on the market benefits we can deliver for them. They are highly engaged. This work represents a six-year relationship. During the quarter and into the new year, we have made steady progress pretty much according to plan. There have been no setbacks of a technical nature. In fact, through all the steps we have made together in the last quarter, it is fair to say we met or exceeded all expectations. Some things may have proceeded a touch slower versus the original plan, primarily due to COVID-related restrictions and production demands, but everything remains on track. On the personal care front, the situation is very similar. We believe personal care is a great opportunity that, in effect, offers a warrant of upside to our business. We have a fantastic partner, a global chemical company that is motivated to make a meaningful impact on the personal care category with all natural formulations using our solutions. They are highly engaged, investing resources in marketing and go-to-market strategies that drive awareness and adoption. Today, they are actively targeting the hair fixative market, which represents an approximately $350 million opportunity for our binder, with strong margins to the partner and ecosynthetics. Progress on the launch and adoption has proceeded slower than we anticipated prior to COVID, but as long as the partner remains highly engaged in the way that they are today, we will as well. Our partner is also optimistic as it relates to the addressable market for all natural ingredients in the home and personal care space beyond hair fixatives. And we continue to develop and provide new ingredients for other opportunities for their evaluation. As I mentioned earlier, macro demand trends together with COVID had a significant impact on our paper and paperboard business. Despite these macro challenges, we have suffered no customer attrition. Through the course of the year, we continued to offer customers value as an alternative to conventional styrene-based latex binders. But it certainly became more challenging in 2020. The depressed oil price dynamics impacted the price of competitive materials, specifically SB latex, to levels well below normal conditions. 
This created pressure on pricing for our ecosphere alternative, which we managed through. With the recent upswing in oil prices and tighter supply of styrene and butadiene, we believe we have rounded the corner on price so that we can continue to offer customers value. Paper manufacturers are pursuing diversification strategies away from graphic paper due to the demand challenges. In many cases, we can support these diversification strategies with projects, and we are showing progress. These new opportunities are, for the most part, niche ones that mitigate the demand challenges on the graphic paper front, but they do not compensate for the entirety of the lost demand. We believe our ecosphere solution will continue to be a standard ingredient for the paper manufacturers that use it, and that it will remain a foundational part of our business. However, our strongest growth opportunity remains the wood composites market. It is the largest of our three target markets. We are working with customers and prospects that are highly engaged in adopting NAF solutions, and our solution offers material benefits to their carbon footprint and to their end users. Our number one priority is delivering wins in the wood composites and personal care strategies of our partners. The market is moving to us, and we have an offering that meets its needs. With that, I'll turn it over to Rob to review the financials. Rob. Thanks, Jeff, and good morning. From a top-line perspective, net sales were $3.3 million in Q4 2020, compared to $4.4 million in the same period in 2019. This change was due to lower volumes, which impacted sales by $800,000, or 18%, and lower average selling price, which impacted sales by $300,000, or 6%. Net sales were $13.7 million in 2020, a decrease of 26% compared to 2019. The change was due to lower volumes of 3.6 million, or 19%, and lower average selling price of 1.2 million, or 7%. The decrease in each period was primarily due to unfavorable market conditions brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, which reduced global demand for paper products and created adverse market pricing dynamics. Gross profit was 700000 in the quarter, down 33% compared to the same period in 2019. In the annual period, gross profit was $2.7 million, down 32% compared to 2019. The changes were primarily due to the lower volumes, lower average selling price, partially offset by lower manufacturing costs. Net of manufacturing depreciation Gross profit as a percentage of sales was 27.2% in the quarter, compared to 27.8% in the same period in 2019. In the annual period, gross profit percentage netted depreciation was 26%, which was unchanged from the same period in 2019. SG&A expenses were $1.2 million in the quarter, a decrease of $200,000, or 14% compared to the same period in 2019. In the annual period, SG&A was $4.3 million, a decrease of $520,000, or 11%. R&D expenses were $300,000 in the quarter, compared to $500,000 in the same period in 2019. R&D expenses in the annual period were $1.4 million, compared to $1.7 million in 2019, a decrease of 
The decreases in SG&A and R&D were primarily due to 500,000 in payments received under the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy Program and lower discretionary spend. Adjusted EBITDA loss was 120,000 for the quarter compared to 240,000 loss in the same period in 2019. Adjusted EBITDA loss for the year was 780,000 compared to 400,000 loss in 2019. Despite the challenges from COVID-19 this year, we generate a positive cash flow from operations of 200,000 during the fiscal year. This is the second consecutive year of generating positive cash flow from operations. As of December 31st, 2020, we had 42 million in cash and short-term investments compared to 43.7 million for the same period last year. During 2020, the company repurchased and canceled approximately 1.4 million common shares on the NCIB at an average cost of $1.92 Canadian per share for consideration of $2 million. We have demonstrated our ability to responsibly manage our cash reserves through multiple cycles while continuing to invest in our long-term growth strategy. With that, I'll turn it back to Jeff for closing comments. Thanks, Rob. What we have endured as a global society in the past 12 months has introduced a great deal of change in how we work and how we live. It has also accelerated how individuals and organizations approach change. We are more aware of the health and lifestyle choices we make as a society. Fossil fuel-based technologies have been a structural pillar for more than a century. Our solutions offer an alternative in our target markets. Since inception, the use of our biopolymer has permanently eliminated the equivalent greenhouse gas emissions of nearly 68,000 passenger vehicles. Consumers, retailers, and manufacturers are increasingly adopting solutions that reduce their carbon footprints. Our biopolymer solutions directly address these needs. We can help large organizations in wood composites, personal care, and paper and paperboard reduce their carbon footprints. IKEA's sustainability report directly identifies fossil-based glue used in wood-based products as a needle mover for them. Personal care companies are using all-natural ingredients as a differentiator for new product launches. And paper companies are diversifying away from markets with negative growth into new opportunities by offering sustainable solutions. The market is moving towards us. Our biopolymer platform is in a great position to address these market changes as society emerges from the pandemic. We have the technology and the financial strength, and we are working with the right customers and partners to make a difference in our target markets. We're looking to deliver strategic wins in the NAF market and the all-natural personal care market that will deliver meaningful growth in the long term. We appreciate the trust and patience that our shareholders have shown. I'll look forward to updating you further as we progress. With that, I'll turn it back to the operator to open up the call for questions. Thank you. As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. To withdraw your question, press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Again, if you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1.
Your first question comes to the line of Dan Marks from Stonehouse. Your line is now open. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, thanks for the uh, thanks for the update and the uh, on, on the markets you're you're really going after, gentlemen. Um, Jeff, it sounds like things are, are are going as well as they can with uh, with COVID um, in the personal care side. Um, <clears throat> You, you work with a partner in that area, but you don't necessarily have a partner for the wood composites market. Is that something that, that could help speed the process up to, uh, to, to, to explore that? Or maybe it's the, the existing partner you have in personal care. Is there any, any view to doing that to try and ramp revenues faster? Good morning, Dan. Thanks for joining us. Um, it's a, yeah, it's a good question. The, the two markets are pretty different. Um, when, when we identified that we had something in personal care, um, we were, of course, very excited, but we realized pretty quickly that we, we didn't have the applications expertise, the kind of development labs that our partner does, and I think in particular the market reach to get into like, many, many personal care uh, product manufacturers around the world. Um, so the partner strategy made a lot of sense there. The wood market um, is a lot more like the paper market for us. In the paper market, I think we serve seven of the top 20 uh, paper companies globally. And so we can, like, we can see where the volume is, and we've developed a team that has the ability to go in and implement our solutions and provide them great support at the level of a big company. Um, and we adopted the same model in wood composites for a similar reason. I think we've, we've shown before the chart of the top players in the wood composites market. We know them all. Uh, we can call on them all regularly, and we can implement change with them. Personal care is quite different, so the, the strategy made a lot of sense there to do it differently. In wood composites, uh, when we think about uh, you know the ideal partners, it would be the MDI players with our with our current Durabind solution, and um, we you know we know the five of them that are the major players in that space, and so far we've chosen to be able to be a good partner to all of them. Uh, selecting one as a partner uh, would, you know, in some ways likely alienate the other four. And at this point, I think their their opportunity is spread around enough that it makes sense for us to be able to be a good partner to all of them and help them drive their growth and, and opportunity. If there was a compelling solution to do something differently, and we, we definitely consider it. We remain open-minded to that. Um, but so far, you know, serving all the MDI players as a partner and serving all the large customers as, as a supplier um, seems to be the right approach for us. Okay. Related to that, um, you, you've talked about, and, and I think it's pretty obvious that we're, we're seeing there's a, the green movement is, is really uh, taking hold. Um, and, and you're seeing, seeing, I guess, demand uh, the customers are moving towards you. What about those MDI suppliers? Are, are they recognizing that uh, you know change, change is coming and, and your technology is, is disruptive enough? Is there any? Are, are they moving towards you, or are you getting more inquiries that they want to work with you more to preserve their market share before you, you know, w- what what we would assume uh, would be you will eventually eat their lunch? Uh, <laughs> is, is, is anyone uh, trying to get? closer to you in that regard? I'd say so far it's kind of a share share our lunches uh, strategy. Um, usually what happens, Dan, is uh, a customer will put us together with their preferred MDI supplier and ask us to, to work together. Um, yeah, it's fair to say we haven't seen any, any overtures that would cause us to 
uh, work any differently with them than that. Um, we're really working on programs that we do initiate with customers, but when we initiate them, they usually say, you know, these are the MDI players we work with, and we'd like you to work with them to, to implement this. That's how it's worked so far. Um, and again, like the earlier point, we're, we're open-minded to thinking about it differently and to any approaches that make good business sense, but um, so far this has been the sort of the model of choice. But do you get any sense from any of those five that you might work with that they are afraid of what you bring to the table, I guess? Like, oh, do, do you no, see not, them just – okay. Not at all, actually. Um, and, I mean, the OSB market is a little bit different because the MDI suppliers do have a, a pretty good share there. And I think, you know, we're disruptive and have the potential to, to take some of that share from them with our offering. Um, it's, you know, it's what's happened in, in one case for sure. Um, but in the bigger markets of Particle Board and MDF, we represent a growth opportunity for them. Like for decades now, they've been unable to penetrate those markets, and we represent a path for them uh, to, to enter there. So, you know, they've been willing partners where those opportunities have opened up for both of us. Okay, got it. Um, just, just one more question on, uh, I guess, on, or overall question on scale. Um, as, as you see more opportunities come in, and, and, and I re recall that when you joined the, uh, took over as CEO, um, one of the first things you did was reduce the number of um, projects, I guess, that you were chasing. Again, given, given the, the, the 2030 mandates from people like IKEA, um, are you are you looking at expanding that? Are there partners that you can uh, you can work with in some of those areas that you've dropped off, and and uh, and and what what is the potential there? How big can you get? <laughs> you know how how many different areas can you can you go into reasonably while maintaining uh, your existing cost base? Yeah, good question. So um, I guess we think about capacity in two different ways. If you think about it, just in terms of production capacity and numbers, the, uh, the installed capacity that we have serves us well through $100 million in revenue. And through that journey, we would have to add you know, very little in terms of SG&A. It would be some customer support people, some applications development people, but not, not a meaningful uptick relative to the top line in terms of SG&A. So lots of capacity on that front. Capacity to deliver solutions in new um, target markets, I guess, is, is a little bit different. Um, I really, first and foremost, don't want us to become unfocused and not take our eye off the ball in the three key markets that uh, we continue to push hard on. Uh, but the green movement has really opened up a lot of new opportunities. Our salespeople have actually, in my time at Eco, have never had more inbound inquiries for what our biopolymer might be able to do for them. And so we entertain those, and some of them actually do read on some of those projects that we, we turned off in order to focus. And uh, that's where I think your questions actually come in line here because, um, you know, those markets where there may be those opportunities would be ideal ones for us, I think, to, uh, to consider a partner approach if uh, some of the technical and commercial benefits, you know, prove, prove interesting. And um, in some cases, these are not programs that we are anywhere close to wanting to talk about yet. They're still very much in their infancy, but some of them are being worked on with partners that, you know, are interesting in that way as well. Um, we've, so we've got a few of those kind of activities on the go. They're sort of the next generation pillars that we hope uh, 
we hope will become, you know, the next big pillar. Got it. Well, one last quick one before I jump off. Um, I know your your efforts in the personal care market um, haven't yielded material revenues yet, but is there any even anecdotal flavor that you can give us? Um, you know, is there a product on on the market uh, that that features your your products, your polymers, um, and and you know, even if it's small, are people giving you any feedback? Is there any repeat business coming from people? You know, just any kind of flavor, even even even, like I said, anecdotal tidbits. Uh, yeah, anecdotally, there there is there's one product that uh, we've been able to talk about, and it's actually uh, for those that have been to our facilities here in our conference room, we show a, a product from Aveda, which is a division of Estee Lauder. Um, it's called Pure Abundance. It's a it's a hair fixative, and it was kind of the pioneering product that showed the way of all natural ingredients being effective hair fixatives. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's the good one, and it's really the only one I can put my finger on that, uh, that we're able to talk about. But, you know, I think if people look out there for all natural ingredients that look anything like ours, you'll see a lot of excitement and enthusiasm, um, uh, yeah, from key players in the market. That's, that's about all I can say. But there are, there are products out there like the Aveda product, um, and we've actually been put through the full evaluation process by Estee Lauder as a secondary, you know, a second-tier supplier to ensure that uh, we're able to comply with their needs. So that's a, it's a pretty big name. It's, it's a nice little product. It is a niche one. So, again, it doesn't on its own move the needle, but it, it shows what companies can do. Great. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dan. Again, if you would like to ask a question, press star 1 on your telephone. There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn it back over to Mr. McDonald. Thanks, operator, and thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We'll look forward to keeping you up to date on our progress. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thanks for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.